Yes. My favorite thing is seeing that for the first time with you guys as well. Again, if you're brand new here, welcome to Cape Christian. We're super glad you are with us. Uh, and if you don't know, that is Pastor Josh, our amazing children's pastor. Uh, and uh, so he will be our feature presentation each week in this CrossFit series. Uh, again, if you're new or if you're joining us online or somebody's sharing a link, um, we're a pretty simple church. We're about two things that Jesus made a big deal about, loving God, loving people. We think if we focus on that, a lot of things take care of themselves. Um, also, uh, this may look a little different than what you grew up in because we think church should be enjoyed, not just endured. And if you study the, the, the text, the teachers of Jesus's day were master teachers of taking cultural relevant ideas and teaching timeless principles. And so that is our approach and why we're doing this CrossFit series. I think I forgot to say last week that you do not have to join a gym, nor are we going to try to get you to join a gym. Um, however, we do think that uh, health and wellness is also a part of our spiritual journey. They are not compartmentalized. So we're doing a CrossFit series, uh, and we're going to spare all the 90s jokes, low-hanging fruit. Yes, we know Jesus was fit for the cross. We're just going to uh, throw that out there right now. Um, but CrossFit is one of the workout programs that really focuses on whole body health and balance. It, it, we had Coach Eric with us last week talking about um, upper body and core and lower body and, and cardio. And, and CrossFit is a workout program that is designed to help you be the best and healthiest version of yourself. And that is exactly what we as your church want. And that's exactly what Jesus wants. He wants you to be the best and healthiest version of yourself, not just physically, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And so we're going to make comparisons and contrasts. And, and part of the reason we pick CrossFit is because when you go to CrossFit, as I mentioned last week, I just started. I'm not any good at it. I don't know very much about it. I'm learning. I'm a student. Um, I'm enjoying getting my butt kicked every day. Uh, but when you go, it's always about the WOD, the workout of the day, the WOD. And so every week we're going to have a workout of the day featured by Coach Eric. And then every week we're also going to have a word of the day. And each week we're going to look at one key principle or word that we find in Scripture that is going to help us understand how to become a healthy, balanced, well-rounded follower of Jesus uh, but as promised, we're going to get two or three minutes every week of health and fitness from Coach Eric. So help me welcome back uh, our favorite CrossFit coach, Coach Eric. Come on up here. Yes. Uh, so last week, as he comes and one single-handedly lifts a 68-pound box, uh, uh, last week he talked to us about some, some push-ups, some sit-ups, some running, uh, as well as some squats. Coach uh, Talk to us again this week. Uh, hopefully we were paying attention to our nutrition, our hydration. Um, give us week two. Um, we're going we're gonna to not remind them what we did last week, but let's talk about, give us a couple principles and a few things that you usually continue to coach people as they start their own fitness journey. Thank you, Corey. And we want to start out with understanding that our society believes that fitness, nutrition is a focus on vanity. Mm. And we want to talk about that our focus and we want your focus and what God's focus for that is your health. Health over vanity. Can you say health over vanity? Health over vanity. Man, you guys rock. I love it. Okay. So my, so, so my goal is not to look good, but it's to be healthy. Right. I mean, obviously your body composition, composition changes, but, you know, it, good. having a focus on being the healthiest uh, self physically, spiritually, mentally is what we're really going after. So where do we start with that? Okay. Give me a number one. One. Everybody hold one. Type one if you're online. Type one. That's all the percentage we want you to get better every single day, 1%. So that 1% better was actually seeing what you eat last week. We asked you to put in. Now, what are we going to do this week is we're going to go with MyFitnessPal. This is a great right. app that you can track your nutrition. It looks like this. If you got the phone, the flip phones, it didn't come up on that. But the other ones, you got, 
you got this app. And all we want you to do this week, don't change anything about your nutrition, just change that you're gonna log it. This way you're aware, you're accountable to yourself of what you're having. We're not gonna ask you to look at it, just see what it is that you're eating, what you're drinking, and then it'll give you your total calories, it calculates everything, makes it easy. So I understand, you're not asking me to do anything other than log it this week, and then when you come back, you're gonna teach us what to do with that information. Yes, okay. we're gonna Great. get to that. Thank so, you, because I'm a beginner, I'm a rookie. Beginner, right, rookie, rookie. So c while you throw on that sweet headband you have, because oh, yeah. we gotta get into the workout, right? We're gonna talk about personal records. Can you guys say PR? PR. Okay, good, you guys, man, this, this I know, Saturday's awesome. awesome, I know. I love it. So. We're gonna do one of the easiest exercises that's synonymous with CrossFit, and that's burpees, right? Don't need any equipment for it, you got it all. Oh, yeah, a lot of groans, <laughs> They're right? already booing. <laughs> I know. You're, you're bad at this. <laughs> yeah, no, just kidding. But yeah, that, in life, right? If we fall down, we gotta get back up, and the more, if we get up more than we fall down, then we're succeeding, right? It's good. So Corey's gonna show us what a burpee is. Fall to the deck, hop up, boom, up and down. He's gonna do a full one now, full speed. Don't break your mic. There it is. Cool, so this is a full burpee. Now, if you're not at the stellar level that Corey is, he's a fit dude, right? So you're gonna do a modified version of that. So that might be a box, that might be a chair, that might be the back of your couch. You're gonna go down, jump up, or you could step back and jump up. All right, so these are your modifications, what we got, want you guys to do. Now, what that PR we were talking about earlier is three minutes. We'll agree three minutes isn't a long time unless you're doing burpees. So I was gonna say, that's a lie. Our that's challenge lie. this week is, can you do, what can you do in three minutes? Because whether it's one or it's 50, you probably never did that test before, so you're gonna hit a PR. Say PR, right? PR. Yeah, there we go. So you're gonna hit a personal record on it, and this is something you can repeat once a month, every six months, once a week, just to test you against you and apples against apples, where is your level of fitness going? And then that's that 1% better. If you do this test and you let three minutes go by and you're like, I did one, awesome, you did it. Praise Jesus, do two the next time you do the test. And that's it. That's it. So this week, three minutes of burpees, we're gonna log our fitness, we're gonna get 1% better, we're gonna set PRs, that's and we're it. gonna continue our health journey as we continue to get spiritually healthy. Done. Coach Eric, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Yes, uh, if you uh, go to any sort of gym where you do burpees, there's a definitely a love-hate relationship with burpees, so, or hate-hate, depending on who you are or how it goes. Uh, but yes, uh, it may, a minute didn't seem to be a long time until I started uh, CrossFit. Now it's an eternity. So, um, so hey, so if you weren't here last week, Pastor Mac just told us about our app. We are doing this series online. Last week, we talked about salvation. Our WAD, our word of the day, our word of the week was salvation. And, and it maybe uh, was a little bit different than some of us grew up hearing. Again, we're a church that's interesting in the life and teachings of Jesus and what's in the Bible. We're not really, at, we're not really looking for additional human-like traditions. Uh, and so uh, we talked about how salvation is more than just a place you go when you die, but it's experiencing heaven in your life on earth and that God's will in your life is not just for you to survive this world, this realm, and then maybe hope to get to heaven, but it's actually, he wants to push hell out of your life. He wants to push darkness and evil out so you can experience the joy and the fullness and the identity that he has for us. And, uh, and we talked about uh, that. And salvation is the trust. It's, it's the beginning. We, we use the wedding analogy that, that 
that uh, salvation is basically the I do. It's like a wedding. It's the, it's the decision to commit. And so that's important to know. And if you weren't here last week, I highly recommend it because last, this week's wad has everything to do with last week's wad. Once we have received salvation, once we uh, are working that out, there now we begin a process. Like in a wedding, you say, I do. Uh, maybe you go on a honeymoon, maybe you don't. And now you have to live that out. And there's a process and a journey that you go on. And so today, after we make the decision, we're gonna talk about what is that process. And so um, we asked about this question on social media, and this one was a little different because we asked, what is something that took a long time to accomplish that you're proud of? Because sometimes the greatest accomplishments in life aren't the, the quick fixes, the, the pill or whatever, but you have to actually work towards. And so we got some great responses. Um, getting my certification in personal training was something that somebody worked really hard towards that they were pr uh, proud of. Somebody says, losing 20 pounds and putting myself through nursing school both took four years. That's an incredible journey. That's a process that obviously was not easy. Completing grad school while teaching full-time and keeping a 4.0, in actuality, it only took a semester longer than it should have, but it felt like an eternity. That's an incredible accomplishment. Um, this last one, my sobriety. That's a big deal. That's awesome. Uh, somebody worked really hard for their sobriety. Um, and so anybody who's ever accomplished a long-term goal, you know that you have to commit to a process and it's not always awesome. You're not always motivated. You're not always feeling yourself. Uh, it's rarely ever sexy, but it usually gets us the long-term gain that we wanna do in our life. And I'll remind you something that I try to remind us often is that we almost always overestimate what God wants to do in the short term, but we almost always underestimate what God wants to do in the long term. And God is a God of process. And unfortunately, some of our theology and our experiences are event-based. And so we think God is an event God, but he's really a, a process God that uses some events to spur us along. And so today's wad is a, our word is a word that you don't even have to know. You don't have to remember it. You don't have to use it in your vernacular, but it is a principle that you need to understand if you're gonna be a fully functional, fully committed, mature follower of Jesus. And that word is, it's five syllables long. It's super Bible word. It is sanctification. Sanctification is our wad this week, our word of the day. So I want you to say it with me. Say sanctification. 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 Now, sanctification is what happens right after salvation. When you, say, when you get saved, when you accept Jesus, when you put your life in his hands, the Bible says the, old, the spiritual old version of us is gone and the new has come. We're spiritually reborn. But what doesn't happen is we don't magically get a new family history with new vices and we don't get to erase all that stuff. We still have to deal with the me that has gotten me this far. And then we begin this process. And this is what I think is missing in Western uh, Christianity right now is, is the appreciation and the understanding of sanctification that's why I would say maybe this one is as important of a week as any other week. The next two are gonna really emphasize this process of, of becoming, this is the process of becoming fully who God made you to be. It's, you've joined the, you've joined the spiritual gym and now you're gonna make the commitment to set that alarm at 5.30 or 6.30 or 7.30 and some days may be great and some days you may be hanging on for dear life but the point is is that you just show up. You just keep in on the process. And what sanctification is at its most basic understanding is this idea of holiness, of purity, or for our benefit and sake of kind of understanding, sanctification is being set apart from the world and dedicated for God's purposes. When you say yes to Jesus, he has a better plan for you than you could come up with for yourself. I'm gonna say it again for the people in the back. You got probably somebody online needs to hear this. Apparently y'all got it. God has a better plan for you than you have for your own life. And God isn't going to leave it up for you to roll the dice and chance it. He actually wants to be with you and lead you along 
the way. And so he is going, he wants to set you apart for something great, but it means we're gonna look different, sound different, and maybe live a little different than the world. What it doesn't mean is we're gonna be so weird that we have no influence and nobody wants to have anything to do with us. What it means is we're gonna be a light that shines in a darkness. That's what it means. And so that's the part of sanctification. It's, it's the idea of not being contaminated by the world. It's the idea of, of being uh, a set apart for Jesus's purposes. In fact, a really simple way to think about sanctification is becoming more like Jesus. Now, when I say that, I don't mean becoming like an Eastern Jewish man. I mean the nature and character of, of Jesus, somebody who loves and forgives and, and is full of joy and purpose and knows who they are and, and can serve more than be served. It's the idea of the process of becoming more like Jesus. And this is a process. It's like any other process or any other thing, whether it's getting your grad degree, your sobriety, getting healthy, there's gonna be ups, there's gonna be downs, you're gonna have some wins, you're gonna have some losses, but it's about staying the course. And I love what Coach Eric just said. It's this idea, today I just wanna get 1% better. And we're looking for PRs. For some of us, a PR would be to pray two times next week. And then the next week, you, you would PR would be to pray three times. And then your PR would go, I prayed for, instead of five minutes, I prayed for seven minutes. Now I'm starting to study the Bible. Now I'm in a small group. It's the idea of, I'm not gonna pair, compare my journey to anybody else's. I've been doing CrossFit for four months. He's been in the health industry for 30 years. I don't compare myself to him, even though he makes me work out with him and it's embarrassing uh, when I go. I don't, I'm just only interested in what did I do last time? And am I growing closer to my health goal? What did I do with God, prayer, all those things? So that's what sanctification is, this idea of, of this and this after salvation, becoming who God made us to be. It's that whole full version of ourselves. And God is gonna walk with us through the journey. He's the best spiritual CrossFit coach you'll ever have. He gives us the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. So we're gonna dive into this idea because there's a couple things you have to know about how this works. So just for clarity, uh, the idea is salvation is a decision and a commitment. Sanctification is a process that you live out after you make the commitment. If salvation is the wedding sanctification is the marriage. Are you with me? Okay, so we're gonna talk about how do I do this thing long-term and become the best version of myself? Well, Paul was the master at teaching people how to follow Jesus. He wrote lots of letters to churches. It makes up a lot of what we call the New Testament. And he has this really little simple place right here in the, in the letter to the Philippians that really kind of helps us understand what sanctification requires. So let's dig into this. Philippians chapter two, Verse 12 says, therefore, as my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, we're gonna stop right there. So now Paul is teaching new followers of Jesus. There's something we are going to have to do. There's work that we're gonna have to do. And he's saying, you need to now work that out. I love that he's saying, he's like, grab your salvation and do a couple pull-ups. Like, let's get, let's get on this thing. And he's saying, with fear and trembling. Now that word fear and trembling doesn't literally mean be afraid of God. Oh my gosh, uh, he's gonna strike me down with his lightning. It literally means uh, with reverence or awe, or it's a big deal, like take it seriously is what Paul's saying. That's kind of the best translation is, you need to take seriously your decision and you need to work it out in this process. And so we see right here, there's a part that we're to do, but then the next sentence he says, but it's not all up to us. In verse 13, he says, now that you're gonna work it out for, it is God who works in you. Both, this is the best part, to will and to work for his good pleasure. So Paul is saying, you need to work out your salvation. Let's hit the deck. Let's do some up downs, whatever we got to do. But don't, don't worry. It doesn't all fall on you. You don't have to do all the work. God's actually going to do all the work in you. You just need to commit to the process and keep working it out. You show up to the gym and let the coach show you what to do. 
That's sanctified. I mean, it's the simplest version of how to become who God made you to be. And so he's saying, and what I love here is it doesn't say God's going to work in you when he's going to use fear and he's going to use guilt and he's going to make you his slave. It doesn't say that, does it? No, he says to will and to work his good pleasure. Again, God's plans for your life are better than the plans that you have. Now you're like, well, I don't know. I have really big plans. It's billions of dollars in homes. Well, again, it's probably a little bit of a different standard because it's a different kingdom, but whatever you could come up with, God has better. It's more purpose. It's more, I'm not talking about tangible stuff. I'm talking about identity. I'm talking about purpose. I'm talking about, I love myself. I have the ability to be others oriented. I get to experience some sort of fulfillment that is not required by perfect external circumstances. Because if you need that, this last year has stunk for you. And so here's what we learned in Paul's, Paul's letter right here. Co- uh, I'm sorry. Sanctification is a cooperative venture between us and God. Sanctification requires me doing my work and it requires God doing his work. And it's a process. It's this simple. It's, it's a cooperative venture and it is a process. God does his part. We do our part. Now, here's the rub. And here's what we're going to talk about for a little bit where most of us get messed up is we try to do God's job and neglect our job. That's why this thing gets confusing and we try to do all this stuff because we don't understand what's God's part in sanctification and what's my part. And, and we, I think, sometimes put it on ourselves to have it all figured out and do all the right things and know all the stuff. And it's like, no, our job is to show up and, and it starts with salvation because salvation, the, the moment of salvation says, I no longer live for myself. I'm going to live for God. You are the boss. I'm going to trust you. My, my life and my heart is open to you. And so literally you are going to be the one who directs my steps. Now, sanctification is letting that process take place. So every single one of us, there's three things happening. If you're saved, there's a part for you to play. There's a part for God to play. And the devil wants to stop you. He has a plan to keep you out of the gym spiritually. He has a plan. And I'll tell you what it is right now. It's, it's, I mean, I'm just going to expose his plan. It's to discourage you so much that you quit. Yes. And he can do that a whole bunch of ways. Hurt from your past, comparison to other people, uh, looking at somebody else's gifts, greed, self-indulgence, um, all kinds of distractions. But his goal is to get you so discouraged or so distracted that you're like, I don't even want to do that. So we have a part to do. God's going to do his work in us. And that's so relieving for me that I'm like, oh, thank God I don't got to do this all myself and figure it out. Like, I just need to be like, here I am, God. Like, what are we doing today? Hit the deck. All right, pray some more. I already read this scripture, but I suppose there's something in here for me because you're the coach, you're the Lord, you're the boss, and you have better plans for me than I have for myself because my plans are to sleep in, eat sugar, and not run. And that sounds fun. So what's God's job? David, I'm going to go through this quick. David lays this out so perfectly and brilliantly in Psalms. Uh, he's kind of laying his heart bare. Uh, it's Psalm 51 is one of my favorite Psalms. There's a part of this that I pray on a regular basis. But I want to show you David, who is known as somebody who was close to God, a man after God's heart. He knew God personally, intimately. He's kind of goes through one of his Psalms where he's like, God, I'm reminding you. I'm really more reminding myself what my job is. And so um, in Psalm 51, picking up in verse six, watch what David says. Here's God's job in sanctification. And for some of you, I think this is going to maybe clarify some things. And some of you is going to liberate you from being like, you don't have to try hard to figure it all out. Let God do his job and you know what your role is. So in Psalm 51, starting in verse six, David says this, behold, you delight in truth in the inward being. You teach me wisdom in the secret heart. So we see right here that God's job is to delight in truth. It's to put truth inside me. We see that God's job is to teach me wisdom. I don't have to 
completely discover it all for myself. I, God's job is to let truth and wisdom resonate in my spirit so something in me goes, this is right, this is true. And when you become born again, when you have that, that sanctification process going on, there's something in you that you're like, man, I just know how to recognize truth. I understand what wisdom is, not worldly wisdom, but godly wisdom. That's God's job, is to reveal truth and reveal wisdom. What else is God's job? Verse seven, he says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Ooh. I like the wisdom part better. Purge me, that's, that sounds like hamstring. <laughs> Purge, that means move stuff out. But what's he really saying? Push hell out of my life. The stuff that's hurting me, whether somebody else is doing it or I'm doing it to myself, the stuff I'm putting in, purge that out of me because I can't have wholeness and health and junk food in at the same time. He's saying, I'm giving you permission, this is what he's saying, to point out the areas where I'm missing it. We're gonna talk way more about that next week. Purge me. Then he says, but then he doesn't just say that not only purge me, he says, once you've kind of pushed it out, wash me. I'm going to mess up. David understood he was going to do it wrong. And by the way, uh, David uh, screwed up big time. Like he slept with his best friend's wife, killed his best friend over it. Like dude didn't have like the best record always, but he knew how to come back to God and go, I messed up. Wash me again. Make me like new again. And he understood that God's grace and love was big enough to never hold his mistakes against him if he were to be totally honest and transparent in front of his heavenly father. So he's saying, push that, push the hell out of my life. We talked about that last week. He says, let me hear joy and gladness. Uh, he goes on in verse eight. In verse nine, he's like, hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. He's saying, not only will you push it out, but will you help like forget, like don't hold it against me. And I love what he says here in verse 10. He says, and I pray this often, he says, create in me a clean heart. Now listen, you don't gotta pray that unless your heart got dirty. You don't gotta ask for this unless you're honest and aware enough that my heart's stained. I got some things I've been thinking about. I got some people I'm mad at. I got some actions I would like to act out on and my heart is not good. I've, either because of my actions or somebody else hurt me or somebody else mistreated me. And so when we are like, and we feel it and you know what I'm talking about when you feel it, we, got, we gotta go to this right here. Go, God, your job is to create in me a clean heart. I can't try harder to be better. I gotta get before you and go like, there's not good stuff in me. Purge me, wash me, and create in me a clean heart. He even goes on. He says, don't even stop there. He says, renew in me a steadfast spirit. You don't need to renew something if it ain't broke down. So David had no problem acknowledging to God, I'm broken down this week. And he knew that God wasn't like, well, how'd that happen? How dare you? He was like, oh, you're being human again. This is why you have me. I do this work. I will, I will create a clean heart in you. And this, is, and this is the part that God will do whatever you allow him into. So the level that I'm willing to be honest and be real with God is the level that he's willing to go to work in my heart. Renew a spirit within me. And then he says, cast me not away from your presence. Or he says, don't push me away. It's like David's going like, I know that I got a lot of reasons you could push me away, but please don't. I'm a ruin without you. I'm bad enough with you. Hey, can we be honest? Most of us have Jesus and we still stink a lot. And he ain't surprised. He's not like, shocker. He's like, yeah, I know. I have, I have the cleansing cloth. I have the blood of Jesus. I have everything you need. I just need you to come to me. And remember where salvation came? It was like, I need you. I'm not the boss. You do what you want. That is the simplest part of our job. Our job is to go, heart's wide open. What do you got to do? Mind's open. What do you got to do? You have full access to my heart, even the hard parts. He says, don't push me away from your presence or cast me not down. He goes, don't take your spirit from me. And then I love this. Verse 12, he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. God is in the restoration business, y'all. 
God wants to take things that were broken down and hurt. He's like, restore me. Give me joy again. Let me be reminded of my salvation, where this started. Let me be as passionate about loving you and serving you and your grace and your redemption and telling other people about what you did. Take me back there. And then he says, and then uphold me with the willing spirit. Look at how honest David is. David was a mighty warrior. But look what he's saying. I can't do this on my own. I need you not only to restore me, but then once you do, I'll mess it up. So you got to uphold me, God. Like, I need you to hold my right arms. I need you to be the lifter of my head. I need you to be the strength. And I need your joy to be my strength, not my best effort to be my strength, not my own might or my own acumen or my own pedigree or my own degree or my own career or my own experience. I need you to uphold me. This is God's job. This is so good news to me. Because I'm like, good, because I don't know how to do any of this. Half the time when I try to fix things, they end up worse afterwards, including myself. So there's this idea that God, Paul says it in Philippians, God will work in you. God will work in you. Okay, and to, again, and if, you're, if I'm hearing this for the first time or I'm here, being reminded, I'm like, cool, then, what, what, then why doesn't he? Well, that goes to our job. Because Paul writes another letter to another group in Colossae, the, the, the book of Colossians. And by the way, if you want to do some PR Bible reading this week, if you want to get back into it, I'm going to give you some, not homework, but I'm going to give you some recommended reading that goes completely with this message in this series, Colossians chapter 3. Read the whole chapter. It's loaded. It's awesome. I'm going to highlight four verses right now, but I'm telling you, if you dig into it every day, it's going to be like doing push-ups every day. You're going to get a little bit stronger. You're going to get 1% better. So for us, as we journey, Colossians 3 would be a great recommended reading to go with where God is kind of taking us through this. So I'm going to dive into this uh, and show you what's our job. So Colossians 3 starts with reminding them that you've been raised with Christ. You've already been saved. Now let's start the sanctification process. And so he's going to highlight a couple of things. So I'm going to jump here to verse 5. And Paul is saying, here's what you got to do. Here's your job in the sanctification process. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then he starts to list them. So what he's saying is, there's some things that we got to pay attention that are inside of us that we have to be willing to help the cooperative venture push out and kind of eliminate out of our lives. And he lists them, sexual morality, impurity, passion. That passion doesn't just mean excitement. There's a, a better translation of that. Evil desires. He goes on in the next couple of verse, anger, malice, wrath, gossip. He's like, here's a bunch of stuff that is keeping you from being who you're meant to be. You need to die to these things. He's saying, you need to put them to death. What's your job? And then in verse nine, uh, I love how he kind of just really simply bows this whole thing together. Verse nine, he says this, don't lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. So as God's job is to renew, he's saying, you have to be willing to do some things differently. You have to be willing to think differently. You have to be willing to, to behave differently, which starts differently with, with how you think. And he says, you have to be willing to put off some old things. Some of us, <laughs> some of us fellows, we got that pair of shoes or that shirt or that shorts. We've had 10, 12, 14, 15 years. Our wife for the life of us cannot get rid of them. Uh, and, 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 and Paul is saying, some of us, we've been carrying some of this stuff. Like you just need to take it off. You need to get rid of it. Like don't put it in the laundry, put it in the trash, put it in the fire. Like you just need to be rid of it. That was a really good chance for more amens, ladies. Uh, don't, he says, so you have to put off some of the practices. And he lays lays out what those are. And then he says this, verse 10, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So what is he saying? He's saying there is this new spirit. There's this new man, this new woman, this new self that you need to cooperatively, intentionally put on, and you need to be willing to get rid of some things. You need to get rid, be willing to evaluate some things. and You need to be able to step into what God has for you. What, is, what does this mean? What does this look like? Well, if you remember Coach Eric last week, he said, if he said 70% of our health, our health and fitness goals and journey starts with what? Nutrition. Nutrition. 
30% is exercise, 70% is nutrition. Dare I maybe suggest that the same is true spiritually? I pray, I go to church, I read, but all we do is eat junk from the world the whole week. And we're wondering why we still struggle with insecurity and comparison and anger and lust. And we're looking at pornography and we're looking at other people's marriages and we're looking at this guy or that guy and we're angry and then this, they have this and they have this. And if all we're eating is junk, then we are not going to get any healthier spiritually. Just like we could go to the gym for an hour a day, but if we are literally just eating fried foods and complex carbohydrates and drinking soda, it doesn't matter. It's like, you're, and you know what? Actually, I know a lot of people do this. It's super frustrating to feel like you're working and not see gains. So what's the new self and the old self we got to put off? Some of us, the sanctification process is going to start with what do we let in to our eyes? What do we let in through our ears, our music, our entertainment, the types of jokes we laugh at that we further, those types of things. That is a part of the sanctification process. Oh, Pastor Corey, you're saying I have to be a prude and that I can't have, no, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you need to have a healthy diet. He said last week, he goes, I eat, oh no, you said it on the podcast uh, that, that he eats pizza at least once a week. Why? Because he crushed it the rest of the week. I'm not saying you have to like, we can't completely eliminate every part of the word, but like, man, there better be a healthy diet of like the word and, and all these things. And that's where we're going to putting on the new self and putting off the old self. And this is where I think a lot of us get confused. Like I said a prayer at church, I really do feel different, but I still talk the same, think the same, um, go to the same bars, uh, watch the same movies, listen to the same music, have the same friends. And they all still complain and they all still gossip and they all still get drunk and they all still all those things. And we would never judge any of that, but we wonder, it's like, ah, I don't really feel any different. Well, our diet sucks. And some of us, and this is why we don't want to talk about this in America, because, oh, now I feel uncomfortable and I'm offended and triggered and canceled. <laughs> no more Dr. Seuss, no more Pastor Corey. <laughs> I don't, I liked it until that moment and then I didn't like how it made me feel. Great, you're still unfit, so get fit, Right? I could come into the gym and be like, um, Coach Eric, could you like not tell me that I stink at hand cleans? It just doesn't make me feel any better. He's like, I don't care how you feel. Like you're not fit, right? Yes. Sanctification. Some of us, we're going to have to make hard decisions. Can I tell you? I've said no to fun things because of this process. I've not went places with people I enjoy, not because I was better than them. Honestly, probably because I'm weaker. They could maybe handle it. Not your boy. <laughs> nope. My brain and heart will go bad places real fast. Good on you. I wish I had that. I wish I had what you have. I ain't strong. I'm weak. I'm like David. Oh, did you, you know, somebody asked me, did you, have you seen this show? I'm like, no. And, and, and I, I hated it. I'm like, I, no, I don't, I don't want to come across like I'm better than you. Like that just has such a negative impact on my mind and my attitude. Like I don't want that coming out of me the rest of the day because that's my diet. And it wasn't even this bad, terrible movie, but I'm like, eh, it's just like, I just don't like what that produces in me. When I eat three chicken flay sandwiches, I don't want to wake up in the morning. So Paul is saying we have to put on our new self. We have to be willing to, to, to make some changes. Well, how do we know what these are? Oh, this is your part. How do we put it on and how do we take it off? We come to God and we go, what you got for me today? What's your word say? What Jesus teach? What does the New Testament teach? What does it mean to love my neighbor? What does it mean to, that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? It's, it's all there. And if you combine Bible reading and your time with God, he'll speak to you. I'm getting ahead of myself. So we're going to put off the old self. We're going to put on the new self. It is an ongoing cooperative venture. And then Paul kind of wraps it all up in verse 14. I love this. He says, and above all these, put on love, which binds it all together in perfect harmony or unity. Again, 
The almost, almost the whole New Testament is the application of John 13, 34, love your neighbor as I have loved you. That's what this is. So he says, take off your old sinful lifestyle and put on the new spiritual one. Oh, pastor, that's really hard. I've been doing said habit. I've been smoking, I've been drinking, I've been cussing my whole life. Yeah, that's gonna be really, really hard. So this week, we're just going for 1% gains. I'm gonna say something that's not gonna be popular in church. Some of you, if you cut the F word in half this week, that would be a huge win. That's sanctification. If you went from two packs of cigarettes to one, that's a win health-wise and probably spiritually. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'll never be able to, I'll never be able to preach like Pastor Corey. Well, I've been doing this my whole life. I won't ever look like Eric. He's been doing it his whole life. It's not about me versus Eric. It's about, it's about my 1%, my PR, and me becoming who God made me to be. And so the devil wants to distract you. Don't compare the start of your journey to the middle or end of somebody else's. It's the easiest way to get discouraged. So how do we do this? It's, it's the commitment. It's, it's, we're just gonna show up every day. We're gonna show up every day. Oh, I, I hate pull-ups. I'm not good at burpees. Oh, box jumps. I don't, oh, it's so high. I don't, oh, I don't, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, just show up. What if I fail? Quick down, quick up. What if it's hard? It will be. Do you want to be who God created you to be? What, is this, what does it mean? It, it's, uh, my job is to just show up. And, and, and CrossFit, it's the same way. We're not, I'm not going to show up and be amazing at the lifts. I'm not, it, my health journey, I just talked to somebody today that she, that she ran a health, uh, half marathon. I'm like, why? Why didn't you just stop? 13 miles. I said, I'm good for three. You can have the other 10. But it didn't start there. It's a little bit at a time. None of us are going to get this overnight. Don't let the devil discourage you. There's more in you than you know. There's more, you're more capable of what you think. And God will be with you and give you more strength than you are aware of. God wants you to win. He wants you to win. So close with this. How does this happen? Because I feel the principle. I feel like you guys are with me. Are you with me? I'm with Online, you with me? Okay. So get, let me give you two super profound, simple, practical things. And it, this is going to be as simple as eat healthy and go to the gym spiritually. How do I ex experience the sanctification process? Number one, there's no way around either of these two things, just like there's no way around nutrition and diet. Regular time with God. Regular time with God. What do I mean? I mean regular, three, four, five times a week where you get some time with God. And that can look so many different ways. You can pray. You can journal. You can read the Bible. You can read a devotional. You can read a book about the Bible. Oh, Pastor Corey, I don't know how to pray. Awesome. If that's you, let me show you how that works. That's where you start. God, I just started to choose to believe you're real. And I sound stupid and think I'm stupid for saying this out loud, but I want to believe you hear me. I don't know how to pray. I want to believe this is true. I don't know how to make sense of your word, but will you teach me how to pray? Will you give me the desire or the reminder to do this every day? And I'm going to open your word. And, and there's some crazy, crazy weird stuff in there. Will you help me to miss that and understand the stuff I do read? Will you put me around people that are going to help me? I think there's a bunch of other stuff I'm supposed to pray about, but that's all I got. Amen. That's a beautiful prayer. God, God, I'm a depressed person. I'm an angry person. God, help me not to say the F word today. God, help me to love my wife better today. Help me to love my kids better today. Help me to add value to somebody else today. Help me to be reminded that I don't have to... That's what you do. You pray. And I would recommend journaling your prayers. And here's why. You'll be shocked to stuff. In six months, you'll be shocked about the stuff that you're praying about now. You'll be like, holy gains, Batman. 
So you, regular time with God. If you've never prayed, never worshiped, put on worship music, you've never read your Bible, guess what? You know what 1% better looks like this week? Give me five minutes one time this week. PR. Then next week, we're gonna go for five minutes, two days. Or we're gonna go for 10 minutes. And we're just not gonna see if Coach Jesus doesn't lead you into being who he made you to be. And all of a sudden there's this desire and you're like, man, I don't, I don't, it's not always easy or like sexy, but I can't even imagine living without it. Regular time with God. And here's the second one. Regular time with Jesus followers. Regular, intentional time with Jesus followers. Listen, I'm all for fellowship. I love to have fun. And sometimes it's, go, it's good to go uh, grab wings or go to the mall or go golfing or go on the boat. And we, we need to do that. But what I'm talking about is this idea of like intentional, I'm gonna make you better, you make me better. We give each other permission to ask hard questions. Let's apply the word of God. I'm gonna, co- I'm gonna make sure that we spur one another onto good works. Uh, the, the author of Proverbs says it this way in Proverbs 27, says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. This is putting yourself in a position to be vulnerable, to be honest, and to let other people help you be who you've made to be. And you're gonna trust that God's put them in your life. And so this can come by serving on a team. It can come through a Bible study. It can come through a small group. It can come through just gathering a few people like, let's read this book together and let's talk once a week. It it can look a lot of different ways, but regular time with Jesus followers. And if you have these two things, that is your exercise and that is your nutrition. And you will become the version of yourself that Jesus created you to be. This is what it is. And so this process, and again, there's nothing amazing or sexy about this process. Some days I don't feel like praying. Some days I don't feel like reading. Some days I don't feel like a lot of things, but it's not about what I feel like. It's I'm trying to continue to walk out this commitment and I wanna be, and I'm continuing to trust that I wanna be the best version of who God created me to be. I wonder how many of us have settled for just salvation in our journey And we've missed this beautiful process of sanctification of 1% better and PR and loving yourself more and forgiving yourself and forgiving people who've hurt you and 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 loving other people and adding value and being more secure and more emotionally healthy and all these things like, man, like there's something about them. They reflect the character and the nature of Jesus. Nobody goes to the gym for 30 minutes a week and is like, I'm fit, yo. (laughs) So listen, what we do here is so important, one of my favorite times of the week, but you cannot experience what I just described by a 60-minute church service once a week. It's a great place to start, and if this is your 1%, get it, girl. Get it, get it, bro, but don't let it stop here. Know that there's more, and God wants to have a personal relationship with you, and so as we close, I, wonder, I just wonder how many of you would allow me to pray for you and go, man, pastor, I I, I dig the salvation, the grace, the Jesus loves me, I can be new, but I've kind of neglected some things. There are some, there's maybe some areas of my life I don't really want to hear God tell me I can't have that or I can't do it. Just remember, in the kingdom of heaven, no always means I love you. Just like when my kids ask for things, often no means I love you. Can I have 17 pounds of sugar? No. Oh, you're no fun. Yeah, because I want you to live long enough to enjoy your life. God, can I do this thing? No, I want you to stay married. God, can I keep having this substance? It has an adverse effect on your job and your home life, so let's talk about it. God is so patient and loving and full of grace if you will allow him in. His job is to do the work in us. What's our job? God, here I am. There's no doors locked. There's no rooms you can't go in. What are we gonna talk about this week? What are we gonna talk about? What do you wanna show me in your word? Who do you wanna put around me to make me better? I'm all ears. I'm gonna humble myself. Will you sanctify me? Will you set me apart for your good purposes so I can experience your good pleasure? That's sanctification. And if you just know that, that man, I, I, need to, I need to commit to this. I need to take this more seriously. I just wanna pray for you. 
And if you're here and maybe you're visiting, you're here for the first time, you're like, whoa, sounds like I need to catch up on last week. Perhaps it starts with salvation. And if you wanna make that commitment, if you're online or in person, you're saying, I need to just trust Jesus with my life for the first time, I'm gonna say a prayer and you're gonna have the opportunity to just say, God, I, I don't know how this works, but I'm willing to start. And we would love to pray with you. Our favorite thing is to introduce people to Jesus. Uh, about 75 people last week said yes to Jesus for the first time. Incredible. Online and in person. So if you've never experienced the love of Jesus and, and made your life available, that's called salvation. We'd love to pray with you. The rest of us, here's 1% better this week. Regular time with God, who are you allowing to speak into your life? I wanna pray with you, and then I would love to uh, place kind of a benediction blessing over you that I found in Thessalonians, another letter that Paul wrote. But I just wanna give you just a moment. We're not in a rush, well, I'm done. But I want you to be able to take some inventory. I've been talking a while. I want you just to have 30 seconds, 60 seconds to think about what is the Holy Spirit saying to you in your heart? What is the next step you need to take? What's my 1% this week? I want you to think about that for a minute and then I'll pray over you. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Just kind of clear everything out of your mind and process for just a moment. I'm gonna just say a simple prayer, just giving God permission to work in our lives. And if that, if you wanna receive this prayer, if you're gonna agree with it, it's simple. I just wanna invite you, if you're comfortable, just kind of lift your hands in a receiving, in, in like a surrendering and receiving uh, a posture. Uh, if you're comfortable, if not, it's, it's okay. But I just want us to posture our body for our hearts. And if that's you, I wanna pray. I just wanna invite you to, to just open your hands and say, God, I'm surrendering to you. That's all this prayer is. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person online, watching around the world. I pray for every person in this room with their arms open wide. And God, we are saying to you, we surrender. For anybody who has never experienced salvation and, a, and, and the new life that you have from God, would, would in their heart, as they say, Jesus, come in, I give you my life. Would you let them experience the new spirit, the new man? God, we surrender our lives. We say we trust you. We don't fully understand it, but we're giving you our life and our future. God, for others of us who have already said yes to salvation, God, we are saying, I'm submitting myself to the process. This week, I'm gonna go to the spiritual gym. I'm gonna set some PRs. I'm gonna get 1% better. I'm gonna get back to prayer. I'm gonna get back to reading my Bible, back to family devotions. God, our hands are up saying, we surrender and submit to you. Wherever you wanna take us, whatever you wanna say, if there are, are thought patterns or actions or behavior patterns or entertainment or anything that is actually literally bringing hell into our lives, God, we give you permission to illuminate that so we can partner with you in pushing it back out of our lives. We want to experience your kingdom come, your will be done, your joy, your fulfillment, your wholeness, your identity, your purpose here on earth, just like we will in heaven. God, sanctify us. Set us apart. Use us. We submit ourselves to you. God, there is no other name by which man can be saved and there's no one that we can trust that will do uh, more for our soul than you will. God, we trust and we believe that your plans for our lives are better than anything we could come up with. In Jesus' name. And now Cape Christian, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you to it faithfully will surely do it in you. God bless you. Let's go get better. <laughs>